The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy and Money this evening on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to our program, thank you so much for tuning in. And you can always be a part of our show by following both of us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at Nick of Ebray. Another week has come and passed, and it is time for another edition of a program you cannot and will not want to miss tonight. We'll talk all about the Astros and the whole situation regarding Major League Baseball, as well as Hall of Fame inductions. You'll hear our ballots. We finally know the final two teams to play for Vince Lombardi in Miami Beach, Florida. The Jackets are 9-1 in their last 10, while the Hawks continue to keep pace. See how it all ends up. I'm still on a little bit of a sugar high when it comes to Krispy Kreme donuts. Get the bills ready. Get ready to get paid, because it's time for Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. And with that, I say good evening to you and welcome into another edition of Andy and Money right here on your exclusive home for the Andy and Money podcast, the Anchor Network, and that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, and that is with iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast tonight. Of course, this is... This is Andy Alford alongside Nick, the money man, Davera, joining me. Nick, good evening to you. Good evening, Andy. As you can follow both of us on Twitter, I am at all Andy Alford. It is at all Andy Alfred. I'm at Nick of Epray at N I C K O F Y P R E S. Well, Nick, we have uh, two weeks have gone since we've last chatted, of course. Yes. We've got uh, the last chat, we were talking about the divisional play. We were getting ready for the wild card weekend and then the divisional rounds. And then we were talking a little bit about you know, baseball and everything like that. And we're going to go right into it, folks. We're going to start right off the bat. Major League Baseball. Oh, my goodness. We, I think, I'm going to say this to you, Nick, and I want you to be, I think this is our generation's black stockings. Oh. I think it is the big, cur- I think it is the fixing games, the shoeless Joe Jackson situation. This is our generation's situation because to have somebody, and clearly, you can, you can now definitely clear a t- whole team has cheated their way to winning a winning the pennant and winning it all. We we talk about we've heard the stories about shoeless Joe Jackson and the and the, and the White Sox in the day, and we read about it. We heard about it. We never knew really what it was going to be about until the, uh, how bad of a cheating scandal it was going to be until this breaks. When you have inter- you have internet and you have the capability of recording and then using signals and buzzers yeah. and wires to tip the pitches. You know, forget what happened back in the day. You know, that was guys making extra side cash 
betting on the games and throwing games for that. This is them cheating within the game. Yeah. Within the game. I mean, I I think this is this is a black mark in all of baseball. This situation, especially in our generation, because we grew up as you know, play, watching the game and thinking, you know, you know, we thought everybody was pure. But well, we had steroids. We had ste- but we didn't find out until it was steroids and PEDs and everything like that later on. True. But this is a different situation. You're not you're not injecting something. No, you're feeling something, either a buzz or you're hearing something in a trash can or you're being you're being, you know, being told that this guy's going to throw something or you're watching something something that's going to be told. And for me, I think Major League Baseball has to hammer them hard, even harder than what it is now. True, you have Hinch being gone. You have the league finding the the Astros five million dollars. Yeah. They're losing of their first and second round draft picks for the next two seasons. But it, it, but the sad thing is, it's a ripple effect. It wasn't just for the Astros. It was the Red Sox with Alex Cora, who was the bench boss with with um with Hinch. With, with Hinch. And then you had Carlos Beltran that was a part of that that team as well. He gets canned by the Mets. So now you have. Three teams and three fan bases that are in limbo right now because of this whole cheating situation. I want to hear your thoughts about this because this was this was an issue. When I saw this, I said I need to hear a, a baseball purist, a baseball juggernaut opinion about this. Well, first thing is before I get into it, I'm just gonna say right now I'm not excusing. The Astros are the Red Sox. I'm not defending the Red Sox or Astros. I'm not saying what they did was right. But I don't think they were the only... I think every team does something to get an advantage. Most teams probably do cheat. Your Reds, Mm -hmm. my White Sox, everyone probably cheats. That said, I do agree that they should have been punished a little bit more. I don't know if it should have gone to the extent... Of like the NCAA, where like they will just take away your wins and your championships, like they did to uh, USC and uh, Joe Paterno of Penn State. But uh, yeah, you know it's. I don't. This is really bad. Like, steroids were bad. Pete Rose betting on games was bad. The White Sox throwing the World Series for cash was bad. But this is really bad. Like this, this is one of those things because now. Uh, you know, think about this too. There's pitchers and hitters who played against the Astros, who you could say got screwed. Not even just like the Dodgers back to back years, mm-hmm. who they should absolutely be like infuriated yeah. because they got hosed twice back to back years. Mm-hmm. So if you're some pitcher and you just got called up in your first games against either the Red Sox or the Astros, and you get shelled because they know your pitchers are coming, well, they're gonna send you back down. That's gonna cost. That's gonna make your stat line worse. That's gonna cost you an arbitration and free agency, trade mm-hmm. value, what have you. Uh, so it's more than just you know, oh, they got caught and they cheated to win. No, it, it's like you said, it's a ripple effect because your Carlos Beltran's out. Uh, some people think that maybe Beltran shouldn't have been removed from removed from uh, the Mets managerial spot because he was just a player. He wasn't part of the 
management. But if you knew something was going on, though, that and you know, we go to the Cora situation that he was the side bench for Hinch. I mean, that was that for me right there is like you, 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 you cut off the head, which is Hinch. You cut off the arms, which is Cora, and you have to cut off the legs, which is Beltran at the same time because he was. They all are now in the managerial situation, and they all can share information with within each other. Do you do you think this is why Dave Dombrowski resigned? Yes, from Boston. Yes, he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming, and I think he he backed out at the same time because he knew the the domino effect was going to happen at the same time. And the sad thing is about this whole situation is that you are exactly right. Pitchers and teams that should have that should be praised for their championships and the, for praised for their for their abilities. They're being affected because of the Astro situation. Look at it this way: the uh, the the year that the um, Astros beat the Dodgers the first year, who did they play in the first round of the of the uh, of the playoffs? They played the Cleveland Indians, yeah. and they swept the Tribe in three games. And they went to they beat Kluver, they beat Clevenger, and they beat and they beat uh, 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 I forget off the the other guy off the Salazar. They beat all three of them in one in three games. You mean to tell me that this, this you know, and they were using that during that time frame? I I I think it's the death penalty for me. It really is the death penalty for me, and with the Astro situation because of one thing. It's because of the top hitters were using it, Altuve. And, and and Reddick were using were using this, and we uh, if you saw some of the fit, footage like I have seen, and you could we'll post it on we'll post it on both of our Twitter accounts. Um, Altuve rounding the bases in the last year's World Series oh, yeah. with him running the bases after hitting the walk off home run over Aromas Chapman, and him saying, "Don't rip my shirt, don't rip my shirt," and. Clearly, something for me. I'm like, okay. When that first happened, I thought, oh, all right. You know, maybe he wants to keep the jersey and everything like that. Now this whole situation comes out, and there's a a few photos that have surfaced of him when he's rounding the base, and there's a like a wire, like a outline of a wire next to him. Now some people say, well, that could be just the shading of the light. It could be the shading of the thing. You you. You really have to look at it in depth, and you could see that there is a wire that is like, like wrapped here. And then in Reddick's case, the year that they won the, they won it, and they won it, and he was interviewed afterwards, and he's got like a wire oh, with tape over his yeah. shoulder. That was confetti. These there's people say it's confetti. It looks like confetti. That doesn't look like confetti to me. It looks like, like it's tape. a piece of piece yeah. of tape that's over a wire right there. And people are liking thinking to yourself, including myself at the time, not thinking about what's happening. I'm thinking, all right, you know, maybe it's just like uh, the wire for the microphone that he can talk to. Oh, yeah. But no, no, no. He was on a clearly wireless headset at the time. So what the hell wire was it? And it's it, it's just it's just some it simply cannot be happening. And plus, if you remember too, uh, after Altuve rounded, it came home with the home run. He ran to the dugout. Yeah. Ran to the dugout and then came back with a different different with a shirt on. Yeah, he came running out, running in the dugout, ran back out, did an interview with Ken Rosenthal. Remember afterwards, 
And I, I just this is this is something that I cannot believe is happening in baseball. I, I am just I am just shocked at at the whole situation. And like you said, it's a rippling effect. Now you said it yourself. You don't think it's gonna be. It wouldn't be like an NCAA. You should be. It should have been more like. You said it shouldn't be like an NCAA right. situation yeah. when it comes to that. In my opinion, you have to then make this case. If it is the situation that they find out it is the seventeen and in the night seventeen and what was it the what was the other year that they won the World Series Houston Houston they just won in seventeen and Boston won in eighteen so oh so so you have a seventeen and eighteen if we find out that Cora is involved with this so we'll we'll put that would you then put an asterisk next to both those dates sure I would too asterisk asterisk for sure maybe not revoke but definitely an asterisk I put an asterisk next to it I would I would say. I would say this. If you go to a record books and you see that, I would say, you know, the uh, year World Series was was won by the Houston Astros and then the asterisk underneath it was revoked due to cheating cheating scandal. And then the next year, Boston, same asterisk, same mark. So that you would look at the record books and you see that 17 and 18 were no World Series wins because they were vacated because of the whole situation. Well, would you award them to the Dodgers back to back years? Would you retroactively name the Dodgers World Series? Champions? I would. I would definitely with the for seventeen for eighteen, probably not. It just depends on what. Cora it just involved a, 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 how much Cora involved. If it is, if it if he was fully involved with it, fully involved with it. If Cora was fully involved with it, then yes. 17 and 18 would go to the Dodgers. But 17 definitely for sure for the Dodgers for the situation. 18, it just depends on how much of the of the Boston how much Boston is involved with the situation. But this right. is a situation where it's ongoing, it's developing, and then we now dive into this. You have three managerial positions that are now open. I have my I have my pick for my three, and I want I want your opinion on this. Sure. I think Houston will go with John Gibson. He's a Texas native. He's he knows a little bit of the process and the organization. And I did hear today that they interviewed Dusty Baker. I think that's a bad choice. I think John Gibson is the better option for them. Boston, this is an interesting develop de- dilemma. You have Showalter that's there, and he has. He has cl- he has the organizational aspect for the AL East because he was with Baltimore. He was with the Yankees for a little bit. He was with he was with um oh my goodness uh who was the other team that's in in that division? Is Toronto. Toronto. He was with Toronto for a little bit too. Oh, was he? Yeah. Like in the early in the early early of that the heyday division, but he was with Baltimore most of his time, so he knows that division. I think Boston would be the best fit for him because he they're down to earth things. But here's the thing, and the Mets situation we'll get to that in just a second. But for these guys, before I continue on, I think it's just a plug in guy. They're not a plug in guy. We're two weeks out from spring training starting. You're going to hire these guys in, and you're going to have to bring in new coaches, new staffs, and it's just going to be play and coach as you coach as you go with new coaches and new everything. 
why can't you just plug and play plug and play what they have because you have a ba- you have a pitching coach you have a ba- you have a base running coach you already have that you don't need to have you know if Gibson goes in keep what's left of the Astros that are not a part of the cheating situation the hitting coach the base coach the base dealing coach the the pitching coach keep those guys in play and just have the manager plug in and if it's a two-year deal after that season then he could bring his own staff in but for right now with us two weeks out from spring training i think it is just a simple plug and play your thoughts yeah i know the mets have said they're probably just going to internally promote somebody so uh they said eugenio suarez or maybe terry collins gets brought back i i think with with boston and houston though I kind of like your thing with Showalter with Boston. I think you made a very good point. I could go definitely get along with that. I think with Houston, uh, we're gonna bring Ron Washington wants to manage again. He managed the uh, the Rangers. That's true. So at least you know. But yeah, I mean, I I think whoever gets brought into either of those three teams, I assume they would just keep the staff they have because you know, like you said, three or two, two weeks, two yeah. weeks to spring training. So I figured they would just keep everybody, and then like you said, after a year or two, then they can make. The changes that they so uh, so desire. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's just a simple simple thing where they have to they have to just plug and play because they cannot they cannot restack everything back up at the beginning except for Houston because Houston will probably just get gutted no matter what the situation is because of what's happening. Whether it be Boston, Boston could bring in a Showalter. And he can be the plug and play guy because they already have a good off. They have a good hitting coach and a good pitching coach already. It's just he would just be the face right now. And if it's a two to three year deal, then he can go out and bring his own guys in. Right. I think it's just the, I think that's just the way that it's going to have to be for this upcoming season with those three teams. For the for the Mets, I do agree with you on that. I think that the Mets need to go internally. I think a Terry Collins getting an opportunity again would be fantastic. I think, I think the the kid out of Triple uh, A out of out of the Syracuse Mets he's he's got some, he's got some good he's got some good skills with him. Uh, I think he can get call. I think he can get the call up to come up and and coach. Um, but yeah, I think internally would be best for the Mets. It would be externally for the for the for the yeah. the Red Sox and the and and the Astros. But this. You know, Nick, I thought I. There's talks of Altuve getting a two-year suspension. Really, with the situation. I didn't hear. I haven't. I haven't read that, that was what. That was what somebody was. That was what my dad was talking to me earlier. I had to confirm it. It was confirmed earlier by, by, by um the, who's the who's the baseball writer from uh, MLB? Not Ken Rosenthal, but the other guy, John John Heyman. I think yeah, John Heyman was talking about. The consideration of them having giving him a two year suspension. If he is in really involved with this, if if Altuve is really involved with this, I'm gonna go on a limb and say this. I think it's a lifetime ban. Lifetime ban. I think it's a end of the Pete Rose. Because of how it be, it would set the standard for a player. Oh, make an example. Make an example. I mean, a manager manager has already been suspended for a lifetime. That's Pete Rose. A player, a player suspended for the rest of his life, as a, a team. Tuve would be the man. I mean, you could do it to Reddick too. I mean, Reddick would be, Reddick would be more of a, more of a. Oh, he's retired anyway. He's retired anyway, so he's done. So, and Altuve is a face of 
He's one of the faces of yeah. MLB. This is why this is why I say this this is a big scandal because he's a face of Major League Baseball. They put a lot of money into him and into his and into the organization into everything. And to have him do this, if it does show up that he does this, then in my opinion it's a lifetime ban. It is a lifetime ban. Um Ooh, that's that's a tough one for me. I don't know. I would give him like a year or two. I don't know if I give him a lifetime. You would you so you would just set with Heyman's agreement of two years? Yeah, one to two, one or two years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could I I mean I could see that more, but for me to set an example, if I was Rob Manfred, I would have set an example right off the bat and say, "You want to do this? If I'm going to set this to the league, and it's no offense to you, but I'm setting it for." to every single one of the players, every single one of the managers, every single one of the coaches. If you do this, this is the consequence that you get. Well, I think too But is, the players association is going to that's union, was, yeah. the union and the players association yeah. ain't going to let that happen, no, unfortunately. No. That's what it really is and then it's going to tie up into the courts and everything. That's, and then he's going to be playing and then he'll retire and then That's actually the reason the only reason Beltran's name was the only player's name listed in their report is because he's no longer a player, mm-hmm. so he's no longer protected by the union. That's the only reason why Beltran's name was... He was named, like, in there. Yeah. So, so I mean, but still. Still, like, yeah. I can't believe it. But, we do have some positives right here on Andy and Money, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, However you're listening, wherever and you're wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to now dive into our Hall of Fame yes. ballots, folks. So this upcoming week, the Baseball Writers Association will be announcing the their ballots for the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, of course. And who's going to go into the hall? A big slate, 32 guys on the ballot, a lot of uh, repeat guys, of course. Um, a lot of first timers as well. Uh, we'll go through. We're gonna go over our picks for our ballots for this year's draft class. Thirty-two players on the draft class, of course. I'm gonna lead it with the money man, the analyst himself, Mister Baseball, Mister Nick Devera, with his top three, of course, his pick three, the top three vote getters for him of what he would get. Mr. Devera, your choice. Well, first, your your floor. First of all, I would Barry Bonds. Okay. I know a lot of people are kind of half and half on Barry Bonds, uh, but he's still the home run champ. And you know, he was when he was roided up, it wasn't you know, as uh, illegal. So I, it doesn't bother me. I don't give a shit. Barry Bonds, number one. Number two, Roger Clemens. Uh, I think he deserves to get in there. And number three is first baseman. Number 14, Paul Canerco. There you go. And that's simply just a homer pick, and I don't really care. Okay. For me, uh, number one, um, fortunately, I have to say this. I think it's Derek Jeter. Jeter going in Hall of Fame. I'll ask you this question before I continue on my thing. Sure. Do you think he goes in Mariano style? Unanimous. Uh, Probably. I think he goes in unanimous, too. I think he'll be number one. Going in, so I, I have Jeter as one of my votes as being number one because he's one of the best shorts, the best shortstop of my lifetime. I think he is. 
I think this year's class is going to be infield driven. Cheater one. I think Vescal gets in too this year. Okay. I think of the resume that he has had with him being in Cleveland, being in in um in 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 San Francisco, as well as being a great man, a great uh structure to the game in Detroit as well. During the time frame, I like him. He's number two for me, and my number three, of course, I have to say this would be Paul Canerco. Canerco is uh, stellar at was stellar at the b- big Paul. He's stellar at the plate. He was great at first. He was great at, on the base pass. I think he is there. I so I have Jeter, Vascal, uh, and Canerco. Shocked but happy. Okay. Now looking at it, do we think that Schilling gets in this year? Probably. Okay. I I would like to see Larry Walker get in. This is his tenth time on the ballot. He's one of those that was yeah. on the fence, kind of. We don't know if he did. We don't know if he didn't. But I think Larry Walker deserves to get into the Hall of Fame. I agree. Okay. And looking at a few other names. Well, Manny Ramirez is on this list. This is his fourth time on the ballot. Do we do we agree that he should be into this Hall of Fame class? Yes. Okay. Uh, Cliff Lee. No. His first ballot. No. No. No, not on this first one. Okay, uh, Todd Helton. Not on this one. Maybe next year. It's in next two or three years. Yeah. Okay. Jeff Kent. No. No. Okay. Scott Rowland. No. Okay. Uh, you had Clemens. You had Bonds. So you already have those in there. Bobby Abreu. No. No. Absolutely not. Um, Adam Dunn. If he would have just got to five hundred, absolutely, but. People don't like that he struck out too much, so no. Okay. Uh, Heath Bell? No. Good closer. I, I I think he can get in. Carlos Pena? No. no. Uh, Josh Beckett? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Okay. And uh, Jason Giambi? Giambino? Did he, did he hit 500? Uh, let's see here. He is he, his average. Let's see here. Looking it up as we speak here, ladies and gentlemen, right here. So do do not mind me here. Games played. Giambi played 2,260. His at-bats is 7,000. How many home runs he have? Home runs. He had over 440 home oh. runs. 1,441 driven in. His, OP, uh, his, uh, his batting average was a two twenty seven. His old his on base percentage was a point three nine nine. I don't think his slugging in. percentage is a point five one six. I don't think he gets in. You don't think he gets in? No. Uh, Sosa, Sammy Sosa. Not this year, but I think eventually. Competition committee, I think, gets him in. I really do. I really think he gets in. Andy Pettit. Mm. Ooh. ERA, I gotta look at it that up. One, I can't honestly say I don't know if he. ERA is right a three point eight five. He has two hundred fifty six wins, one hundred fifty three losses. I think you. I think Pettit could get in this year if Jeter gets in too. Oh, I think you put yeah. those both those guys in together. Um, so, like you said, yeah, Bonds, Clemens, and Canerco. I have, I have Jeter. I have. 
Vescal, and I have Canerco. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I like to see what Rosenthal and I like to see what, what all the baseball writers have to say. And I do we do both agree that we are happy that Ken the Hawk Harrelson gets yes. to go into the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster this upcoming year. So it'll be interesting to see how the Hawk will give out his speech in Cooperstown that day. Now, I do. It comes out tomorrow. They, they announce who's tomorrow. Yeah. Now, I do think that of all the Reuters, I think Bonds has the best chance of getting in tomorrow. Uh, I think eventually Sosa and Walker, not Walker, Walker, not everyone's words. I think, uh, you know, Sosa and all of them eventually get in, Manny. But I think the best bet is probably Bonds. I think people are starting to, you know, be yeah. more sympathetic for him. And I don't think Canerco's going to get in. It's just who I would really like to see get in, who I would vote for. I mean, Bonds is this is his eighth chance to get in, eighth year on the ballot, twenty twenty two seasons. Fifteen or ten? What is it? Yeah, fifteen or ten. Um, just looking at a few names on here. Adam Dunn, he actually would go into the Hall of Fame as a as a as an athletic, not as a White Sox. Adam Dunn. Yeah, Adam Dunn would go in. Why? He only played like half a year there. Yeah, that, well, that's how he ended. He retired as a athletic. I think he went as a red. He, he, go, he started with the Reds. He was with the Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Nationals, the White, White Sox, Sox, and the yeah, Athletics. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, a lot of Sox fans didn't like Adam Dunn, but I thought Adam Dunn was cool as shit. I liked Adam Dunn. Yeah. Uh, Jambi go in, the surprising Jambi would go in as, a, as an Indian. Because Jambi retired as a Cleveland Indian. Yeah, but that's not how it but works. But I think it would work. It goes. By, oh, it doesn't. No, it goes by who you play with the most. So you used to be able to pick, but when the Devil Rays signed Wade Boggs, um, he in their contract they said you have to go as a Devil Ray, and the Hall of Fame didn't like that. So it, now they pick for you. I forgot to mention one: Andrew Jones, from the, from the Braves. He was a part of that team in the ninety from ninety five that won the World Series. He was. He played seventeen years. He played with the White Sox. Yeah. He played with the Yankees, the Dodgers, Rangers, and the Braves is where he started his career off. And you know he was a part of the team of the nineties. Do you give him the opportunity? Not this year, but down the road, I can see. I can it. see that down the road too. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how the hall, how it all shapes up. And like I said, they will announce tomorrow, six o'clock on MLB Network. It'll be who's going into Cooperstown. Uh, we both are kind of in agreement that, you know, Jeter will probably go in this year because he's the first ballot. And we talked about this in a couple podcasts ago. If Jeter, when Jeter goes in and everything like that, remember next year, the 2021 ballot, you have David Ortiz coming in. See, that's going to be one for me because Ortiz got busted with steroids and PEDs, yeah. So people I and mean, people like Dave Ortiz. They think he's a you know as a person, not even just as a player. They like him a lot as a person. So if they let Ortiz in, a known busted uh, PED user, then I don't think you can make the same argument against Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, mm-hmm. Clemens, Palmero. I don't know Palmero's song. He's on the back okay. So here is here is what. This is according to Baseball Reference. We'll pull, I'm pulling this up now since we're talking on baseball stuff right here. Here's the list that will come into next year. You have Tory Hunter. You have Mark Burley going in as well. You have, let's see, Dan Heron, Barry Zito, Amaris Ramirez, 
uh, Shane Victorino, Brian Roberts, of course, Alex Rios, Grady Sizemore, oh, a... AJ Burnett. Like I said, Nick Swisher. Uh, That's a pretty weak class. We have 64 guys going in, not counting what we're going to be losing this year. J.J. Putz, uh, Corey Hart, Michael Kadire, uh, Lyle Overbay, um, Latoya Hawkins, C.J. Wilson, Dan Ugla, Bryant, Brad Penny, Sean Figgins, which is on this year's ballot. Uh, Skip Schumacher, Kevin Gregg, all these guys, Grant Belfort, Tim Hudson, all these guys would be going into the hall, would be on the ballot for next year. So, look, look at that. Wouldn't it be something if it was an all-White Sox ballot for you next oh. year? If it was Burley, Rios, and, 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 or or Canerco, if Canerco yeah. didn't go in this year. J.J. Putz, yeah. If you know all White Sox, and I would think that they would have to put a White Sox game at Double Day Field for that day because they would have. I mean, that would be. That you cool. would. Let me ask you this: If Canerco gets in, do you go? Do you, are you going to go to Cooperstown for the for the for the induction ceremony? Uh, probably not. No, you yeah. sit at home and watch it. Yeah, probably. Well, well, well at least I asked. If I if I go to the Cooperstown, which at some point I would really like to, I would go. Um. Not during any ceremony because that's when it's packed. I would go like in the off does, season. Does, does it close for the winter? Or? I think it closes for the winter for so like a go couple like in the autumn or something. Autumn end, or end of, fall. Yeah, end of fall. The year. Yeah. Not towards the summer. Or yeah. maybe when it first opens up in the spring. Yeah, when it's not gonna be as crowded. Okay, I can see that. You go like June, July, August. It's gonna be just. That's where everybody goes. Yeah, so I go like September, October. Okay. Or May. Okay. Well, I mean, it was just it was just an. That'd be a good uh, road trip. That would be a good road trip up, up to the up to that area. So, yeah, will be it will be interesting. Yeah, they do have the eligibles list out: Burley, uh, AJ Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Tim Hudson, Tori Hunter, Adam LaRoche, Amaris Ramirez, Ramirez, um, Amaris Ramirez, Aramis Ramirez, Aramis Ramirez, Jesus, Alex Rios, Nick Swisher, Dan Ugla, Shane Victorino, and Barry Zito. The 2020, they also have the 2022s up, too, already. Mm. The eligibilities. Ready oh, for this? Yeah, let's hear it. Carl Crawford. Jesus. Prince Fielder. Mm. Ryan Howard. Maybe. Tim Lincecum. Joe Nathan. David Ortiz would be the 2022 ballot, not 2021. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon. Jake Peavy. AJ Perzinski. There you go. And then Alex Rodriguez would be on this on the 2022 Ooh, ballot. I think he gets it. Jimmy time. Rollins and Mark Teixeira is on that ballot, too, in 2022. 2023, Carlos Beltran, John Lackey, Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta, Francisco Rodriguez, Houston Street, Jared Weaver, Jason Wirth, and uh, let's see, I said Beltran, and Andre Ethier as well. So they... And then... 2024's got Jose Bautista already. I don't think A-Rod would get him the first year. I think it's, it'd be a two-year yeah, thing. Yeah, because people think he's a jerk. People just don't like him as a person. Not even just because of the steroids thing. Big Sexy goes would go into the Hall of Fame in 2024. Bartolo Colon, if he, he'll he be eligible. Two cents with the White Sox. Yeah. 
used to be with the White Sox, and oh. he used to be with uh, the uh, the Indians at the same time, too. Indians, Montreal, New York, Boston. Victor Los Martinez Angeles. would be a part of that race, oh, too. Oh, fuck him. James Shields, Chase Utley, David Wright, Captain America. Yeah, he definitely would go in. Definitely would go in. As you're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We go from, and by the way, pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. After the football season's done, where we more focus in on the baseball spectrum, we might do a little bit of a, a 30 and 30 for everybody. Really? What down. do you think about that? I'd be down. Be down I, for I'd that? have to like dig in. I know, you, but you always dig in about that time of yeah. year when, the, when spring trading begins. But we'll see what happens. But speaking of which, let's hit the gridiron. We have finally hit and we have finally found who is going to be playing for Vince Lombardi on the beaches of Miami. Before we switch to football, Andy, I have to talk about one more key White Sox offseason victory. Here. Oh, oh, you they they had another key offside key key victory? What yes. was that? Uh MLB Radio Network uh had a fan poll where they did every major league baseball mascot. Kind of like the tournament, like the March Madness. Yeah. And our winner this year was our beloved Southside mascot, Southpaw. Wow. How yeah, about that? Yeah, Southpaw is the best, is the... Quote, unquote. Is it the best mascot of baseball in 2020? Hmm. So the whole 2020 season. So the whole 2020 season will be all about Southpaw this year. Southpaw, yeah. Southpaw? Southpaw. Have you uh, seen that picture of me in South Park? I have seen that picture. That's, old that's, photo. A, oh, that's, that's from the pinwheels and fireworks days back that in the was, day. Uh, that's a 13-year-old photo now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wasn't that when they played the Marlins that yes, night? Yes, that was my first game at uh, Comiskey Park in Chicago. Yeah, they Did lost. the Whites, they lost that they game. Lost, was that yeah. what, was Cabrera still with the, the yes, Marlins at that? And the pitcher for the Marlins that game was Dontrell Willis. Really? Dontrell Willis was the starter, yeah. Uh, I remember Josh Field to the the Marlins scored first in the top of the first, and then Josh Field to the three-run home run, Jeez. bomb of the first, give the Sox a three-one lead, and the fireworks were late going off. Oh, and I was like, of course, my first time seeing this. They eventually went off. They were a little late though, but it was the new boom, 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 boom. and uh, it was nice. And then eventually the Marlins just kind of chipped away. And I think, I don't remember if it was Dan Ugla or Mike Jacobs, but somebody hit a go-ahead solo home run. Probably Dan Ugla. In the top of the ninth, and the Sox lost that one, like 7-6 to six or 7-5 to five or something. And what is your, what is the best game you've been to when it comes to the White Sox? What was your favorite one that you've seen so far? Ooh, uh, let's see. I've been to a lot. I've been to more losses than wins. Uh, that first one I went to... Even though they lost, that was really fun. I always remember that. Uh, let's see. They, oh, they okay. It was two thousand eight July. I think July twenty second, two thousand eight. That was the game. I actually kept the score. Oh from, yeah. And I gave, I let you look, look at it at work. Uh, the Sox played the Texas Rangers, and they beat them ten to two. Mark Burley threw a complete game shutout on three days rest, or the best game ever was 2008, June. I went to the first time by myself. Took the train, took the subway. And the Sox swept the Twins that game. And Nick Swisher hit a home run from both sides of the plate. Wow. Yeah, lefty and righty. That okay. was pretty neat. 
Yeah, so that was your that was your favorite one of your favorite moments from yeah going the socks going the socks and I remember I used to go a couple times a summer mm-hmm. and everyone used to go why are you why are you blowing your money going to those those baseball games in Chicago every you know twice or because times yeah, a summer. It's, you, and I and I was like well when I get older I'm not gonna have the time or money to do that yeah so do do it now while I can and sure enough. Uh, now that I'm older, I I haven't been to a Sox game in Chicago since we went in 2016. Yeah, 2016, that was a beautiful that was a beautiful night too. It started, it, rain, out, it started out raining yeah. and shitty, and then at about five o'clock, right before we decided to go over to to the ballpark, it cleared up. It yeah. was nice. It was a nice evening. It was nice and it was nice and comfortable. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was perfect. Great weather. And we saw them play. Uh, the, the clown, the clown show, yeah. and and Bryce Harper and and the Nationals, and yeah. uh, it was my first time ever having a, uh, a Chicago hot dog. Yeah, yeah, I have that video of you eating that on YouTube. That was that's that for me is one of my favorite moments of that, and also being the when going with you. There's three moments with me. The first time ever going to Chicago with you is you. Me and uh, our good friends Amber and Brandon Butler, yeah. we decided to go. and That was Labor Day 09. Labor Day 09. That was when they were playing the Boston Red Sox yeah. on, a, on that scorching hot day. That was like yeah. 95 degrees. Yeah. And when we went up to the top, it was still like 84 in the, yeah. in the shade. Yeah. It was hot. And it was Dollar Day. We had Dollar Pops, Dollar Hot Dogs, and Dollar mm. uh, Dollar Cotton Candies, and everything like that. And I will never forget uh, Nancy on the uh, on the on the Twinkling playing the Cheers theme song as uh, who is a Dustin Pedroia comes up to the plate, yeah. and it's like batting number thirteen, Dustin Pedroia. And, then, and Burley uh, strikes out the side. Yeah. Uh, and I remember Quentin hit a two-run home run. I think in the bottom of the eighth. I remember that when you hit the home when he hit the home run and you you just stood up and like yes, yes. Yeah. You were you were pumped up for that, and I was uh you know I was just going in because I was I wasn't rooting for anybody at the game. I was just going because I wanted to witness a a game yeah, where there. I didn't ever had two two. When I never had two teams that, you know, I don't, I mean, no yeah, offense, I didn't right, really yeah. have any rooting interest in. Right. So, I, so I went and... You just went to enjoy the game and I the went atmosphere. to enjoy the game and the atmosphere. And, and I got to say, for me, it'll still be U.S. Cellular Field. It won't be guaranteed rate. And yeah, I, I still call it the sell. I, it's still called the sell, in my opinion. Sell, but yeah. it, it is one of those experiences where you have to go to experience it. And it reminded me of when I was a kid and I went to Tiger Stadium with... Oh. The grandma and everything like, but just because of the columns Wrong. and and the columns and how the, everything the columns were like in the last three rows. You don't like if you're sitting in the upper deck, they're not gonna block your view. I'm I know. Just, it's like in the last two rows. I know, but but it's just that mystique towards yeah. it that may it makes made me bring back bring back those memories and having the bleachers out in the outfield yeah. a little bit. That was that was what Tiger Stadium had a little bit as well. Now he only been there twice. The Red Sox and National game, or have you been there a third time? I don't remember. Uh, you saw him twice. Play? I twice? think it's just twice. Okay. Because we every time that you and I have seen them, they have been on the road. We've seen them up yeah, at Comerica. We have seen them at at Progressive Field as well. I will say this: my fa- one of my favorite moments, and I I know I'm gonna kill you for the you're gonna kill me for this. One of my favorite moments is when the Indians we went to see the Indians and the Tigers, Indians and the uh, White Sox play. We were up in the bleachers in the upper deck, 
it was Dollar Hot Dog Day. Oh, it was Brandon. It was right? Brandon and yeah. Amber again, and we were sitting in the bleachers, and it was that walk-off home run in the tenth oh, in the tenth yeah. inning. And the fireworks went off, and we stayed down on the lower level and watched the fireworks go off. That they had a fireworks show afterwards, and they had the do- the the hot hat giveaway was what it was, for chip the chips. Oh the yeah, Schneider oh hat. yeah, yeah. That was one of my favorite moments, and then the other moment with me too. But that was my favorite game. My favorite game to go to with you without like having a true rooting interest in the team because I was a Tiger fan at the time. My first ever trip to Comerica will always be the one memory for oh, me. Oh, we went Mike and Jen. When we sat behind the Tiger dugout yeah. and Ordonez hit the walk-off home run against the White Sox. That son of a bitch. I, and I just remember you were in, in Extoria because the, the White Sox were up you thought it was going to be over, and I know you're going to hate me for it, but then when Ordonez came up to the plate and he hit the walk-off home run, and I literally looked, I, me and Jen just jumped up, and we were looking, and Mike was jumping up, and you were just sitting there like, all the fucking time, yeah. every time I go, they fucking well, well, actually, at that point, that was, uh, shit, that was like my, that was the first game, I, no, I shouldn't say that. Second game, I think, on the road. Yeah, my first one was in Cleveland. Yeah. For a while, uh, I, I had my receipts of games, box scores. Mm-hmm. For a while, like, f- five of the first seven games I went to, they won. And then I went through a stretch for, like, years. Every time I went to a game, be it Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, they, they just lost. Actually, when we went to that game against the Nationals and they won, that was the first game I went to where they won since when you, me, and Mike went to Detroit. I think for that rain, the rain game. Yeah, when Jen stayed home with the baby, I think that was the first one I saw in person since then. So it had been like six or seven years. Jesus. Yeah, every time I went, they they lost. I remember that day too, because it was you, it was you, me, and and Mike. We all went up to the game. It was just miserable. It was misting. Yeah. It was raining. It it died up around the fourth or fifth inning. But yeah. my thing was my thing was at the time. Nick wasn't Nick the Money Man DeVera at the time. He was a little strapped for cash. So was Mike at the time. So yeah. guess who had to... who President Obama over here, raising my hand right now, had to bail everybody out and get everybody pizza for the night. Pizza. Oh, pi- yeah. and, and pizza and the and the peanuts that I bought, remember? Wasn't that the game, too, where Inge hit that foul and they said it was a home run? run and I said, oh, that was a home run. I'm the quarterback of the Jets or something like yeah. that. And then, you, and then that was the first time that you and I... All three of us watched instant replay take place because yes. that was the first year that they instituted yeah. instant replay into into Major League Baseball, and that was a moment that I was like, "Whoa, you know, I've never seen it live before. Yeah. Let's see, let's see how it works." And sure enough, it was it was foul. Clearly, was foul, but they called it a home run. Everyone booed. Everyone booed, but you know what, what's to be expected? It's Detroit. What do you expect? Yeah. But um, yeah, it was one of my favorite moments. Baseball wise, to to see, um, I got more. I I have other moments, but we we don't have time for all. No, to we'll, go we'll down save it for the baseball we'll, show. We'll save we'll save them for a later rainy day. Yeah. to come forward. So, you know. But now let's hit the gridiron now officially and talk a little bit about what we have witnessed on the football field. And thank God. There will be no cheese on the field in Miami. 
We know who is going to be partying in Miami. Welcome to Miami, Patrick Mahomes, and welcome to Miami, Jimmy G. That's right. Two quarterbacks that have never started as quarterbacks in a Super Bowl. Well, it's headline this, the 53rd Super Bowl. I think this is the first Super Bowl in a long time where the AFC quarterback wasn't either Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, or Manning. And... This is the second time because you had Joe Flacco. Oh right, Flacco was a part of it as when well he, oh, too. When they beat the Niners, when they beat the Niners, and that was when Jim Harbaugh was playing J, Jim Harbaugh and John, Jim, Har- John Harbaugh. Just... At going back to that, yeah, uh, it, first time since then. First time since then, and then that was the first time in like a decade too. So yes, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, no Brady Manning. No one. Brady Manning, and you know, or Big Ben. N- Nick, your uh, well, my prediction was absolutely wrong, absolutely wrong. I said it would be the Seahawks, and the and the Chiefs the last time that you and I chatted, yeah. and um, you know, I thought that Seattle gave a good effort against Green Bay, but you know, in the end, it was at Lambeau in in the cold, and Aaron Rodgers showed up to play, you know, and we were talking about how. San San Francisco. We wanted San Francisco to come out strong, and they did against oh, against yeah. Minnesota. It was great to see that. And then, you know, they get they get to play Green Bay at home. If this game was played at Lambeau, I think Green Bay would have won this game. I disagree. You, I, I I think that the the Packers are the worst thirteen and three team ever. And the Niners, were they the over the over expected? Yes, and I think that the Niners matched up best against Green Bay, and I think even at Lambeau, it probably would have been closer because it would have been cold at home at Lambeau. It probably would have been a one score game, but I think the Niners would have won regardless. But uh, let's just praise whatever deity you worship. That green, because I'm wearing. If you can't, it's on, you can't tell. But I'm wearing my Bears. He's jersey wearing his Bears jersey right my, now, folks. And my Bears hoodie. Yes. So I am ecstatic that Green Bay got their asses kicked. Not just kicked. They got destroyed. They got annihilated. Annihilated by the Niners. And that made me so happy. When it was 27 to nothing at halftime, what mm. was your thoughts? Uh, I was at work checking in my phone, but I was grinning ear to ear. And I was just licking my lips at all the Packer memes I could post. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the and the thing was, Green Bay had no answer to to Moser, the oh, running back. Oh. Had two hundred and twenty yards on the ground. Ran him down. Ran, ran him down. Twenty nine mm. carries, two hundred and twenty yards, four touchdowns in the game for himself. Garoppolo. Not that great of a quarterback in this game. He was six for eight for seventy-seven yards. Well, they didn't have to pass. They didn't have to pass. They gave it to yeah. they gave it to Moser, and he did all the offense. Yeah, twenty-nine carries, two hundred twenty yards, four TDs. His longest run, thirty-six yards, and for and for uh, 
for uh, Grandpa Hillbilly, uh, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, 31 for 39, 326, two TDs, two interceptions a game. His QBR rating, 22.3%. That's not good. And he and Aaron Jones, 12 carries, 56 yards, one TD in the game. Uh, Jimmy Graham, four catches, 59 yards, no TDs in the game. San Francisco's on the receiving lines. Kittle, one catch, 19 yards. Samuel, two catches, 46 yards. It was all dominated on the ground for for San Francisco. They had 69 total yards of passing and 285 on the ground. For Green Bay, they had, which in total was for San Francisco, 354 total yards. Green Bay had 358 total yards, 296 through the air, 62 on the ground. That shows you how good that defense is for San Francisco. Yeah. That shuts down the running running play for them. And, they, and Green Bay had three turnovers in the game. One fumble, two interceptions. San Francisco, no turnovers in the game. Green Bay was heavily penalized in the game. Six penalties, 46 yards. San Francisco, two penalties, 10 yards. And they were just offside penalties and false start penalties. So, San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo goes to Miami. Who would they play? The AFC, of course, has... An interesting development. We didn't think that Tennessee was going to pull no. off the upset. You and I were both talking about it two weeks ago. We said, you know, Tennessee, they got the job done in their in the first and they're pulling the upset and beating Tom Brady. They weren't going to pull another upset. They beat Baltimore, and they beat them twenty eight to twelve. Yeah. Beat them handily. And then the next day, we, including myself, when. Houston went up twenty-one to nothing on Kansas City. I said, "Oh no, it's another runaway game." Oh no, here we go again. And then Kansas City just turned on the hit, turned turned it on because Houston kept going for it on fourth down and being stupid. They scored twenty-one points in the final two minutes of the first half. Two minutes and thirty seconds of the first half. That's you. You can't do that. And they blew Houston out of the water, fifty-one to thirty-one. In the divisional round. And then last night. Tennessee. The upset. Beating up. Going in. After beating a Baltimore. Going into Kansas City. We all thought. I thought. You know. Maybe. There would be a possibility. There could be an upset. But in all reality. Mahomes. Well they were up what? 10-0 early? 10-7. At the end of the first quarter. And then Kansas City. 14 points in the second quarter. It was 21-17. to At halftime. Nobody scores in the third, and then Kansas City puts the dagger in with with another two touchdowns in that half. Tennessee responds with a touchdown late, but it was too much. Patrick Mahomes is going to Miami, folks. 35-24 Kansas City with the win. Mahomes 23 for 35, 294 yards, three TDs in the game. For Mahomes, he was the leading rusher, actually, too. Eight carries, 53 yards, one TD in the game. Williams, 17 carries, 45 yards, 1 TD in the game. Sammy Watkins, 7 catches, 114, yard, 114 yards, 2 TDs in the game. Tyreek Hill, 5 catches, 67 yards, 2 TDs in the game. Tannenhill, QBR rating for Mahomes, a 97.5. Really, really good. Ryan Tannehill, 21 for 31, 209, 2 TDs in the game, no interceptions. Henry shut down in the game. 19 carries, 69 yards, 1 TD in the game. Uh, Stats-wise, really quickly, uh, yards-wise, K- 
Kansas City, 404 total yards, 292 through the air, 112 on the ground. That shows you how good that pass, how pass, great Mahomes is because he can find the spots because he only had 292 yards of total passing offense. And the defense for Kansas City stood stood tall, 85 total rushing yards against Derek Derek Henry, but they allowed 210 yards of passing. So Garoppolo likes to throw a lot. Yeah. That might be a benefit for him because he's playing Kansas City. But on the ground, if they're going to keep doing what they're doing, it's not going to work for them because how good this Kansas how good this Kansas City defense is. And uh, both teams did not turn over the football at all yesterday. Kansas City had nine penalties, 61 yards. Uh, Tennessee, eight penalties, 85 yards in the game. So, so for the Super Bowl, 53. That's no... Is it 53 or 54? 54. I think it's 54. 54. My apologies. It's 54. 53 was last year with Tom Brady. 54, Miami, February 2nd. 648 is the kickoff, I think, is what they're looking at now. Because of the whole situation with the anthem and everything like that. And, you know, you the, know what? Go ahead. We in the East Coast, we get absolutely screwed. Absolutely. With prime time. Monday night football games starting at like 8.30 here is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yes, I agree. Moving back an hour. 7 o'clock. Yeah, or even 7.30. Yeah. But the shit that we get, Sunday night games, Monday night games, Thursday night games, World Series games, Stanley Cup games at 8.35 is rubbish. And it's not fair. It's a 6.40 kickoff on Sunday, February 2nd. Between Kansas City and and you know that that game is not going to end till almost eleven eleven thirty yeah. at night. So a lot of people will be taking the next day off. And of course, yours truly taking that day off because it is Senior Birthday. The oh, third that's is right. The, yes. the third, the third yeah. is the birthday. And I'll say this, and that this is going off on a tangent a little bit. Of this. Every part of my language, every fucking year, my birthday falls on Super Bowl. <laughs> so growing up as a kid, okay. We would have the Super Bowl party at, at my house. Yes. We would have the party at my house, and everybody would be watching the game, and we would all be watching the game, and, you know, what time What time are we cutting the cake? Oh, we're cutting it at halftime, and we're going to open the presents <laughs> at halftime. And so we would rush the 30 minutes of the halftime to cut cake and open presents and then by the time the cake is all dished out and everything like that, the second half would start. It was not that much of a birthday for me because I had to share the birthday with the Super Bowl. Now, thank God, thank God, next year, the Super Bowl is February 7th. Oh, it's late. late. next wow. year. Wow. Because February 1st falls on a Monday. It's the first week of Jan- January. Oh. So January falls... So thank God that I get to actually enjoy my birthday. But this year, it's everybody's kind of going to be off the Super Bowl high and coming into the third. I'm going to be be coming off the high of watching a Super Bowl, and hopefully, I can try to carry that into this into into the big three O's birthday. I mean, for the love of God! But every year, it no matter what happens. It always, my birthday falls on the Super Bowl every year. And it grow, it goes back to when I was a kid. And it c- continues in my life today. But thank God next year I don't have to deal with that. You know, I understand where you're coming from. Your, your uh, opine, 
their opposition to it. But actually, that sounds kind of nice. Like, Super Bowl birthday? Like, it sounds like a great way to spend your birthday. Well, I mean, if you were looking at it this way, you know, back in the day, you know, I was, I cared more, I still do to this day, I still care. I, I, I'm 60% hockey to 40%, maybe 30 35% football. But at the same time, you know... Yeah, I mean, I, I get why you were and upset all the, growing up. And the but... thing is, all sports shuts down on Super Bowl Sunday. Everything shuts down. There's no NHL, There's, NBA. The NHL has games. The Jackets actually play Sunday Super Bowl Sunday in Montreal... But that's a two o'clock puck drop for that right, yeah, game. Yeah, they know better than so that. So they, so they, they say after four o'clock and beyond, that's all the NFL. The NFL, because everybody's gonna be watching oh, the yeah. NFL. After that, but before that, you can put on an afternoon hockey game or an afternoon college basketball game or do whatever you need to do. You just know for a fact that between that time frame, between. I know five o'clock till about eleven thirty every night every year of the Super Bowl, people are going to be watching the game. That's what it is. It's the most highly watched sporting event of the year. It really is. You could make a case for the Derby. You could make a case for you know. You could make a case for the college football playoffs and the national championship game, but in the end. The Super Bowl is what everybody watches, right. and everybody—that's what everybody talks about the next day. Yeah, the next day after who that, people don't even like football watch Super Bowl. They, they watch the commercials. Yeah. They watch it for. They eat. It's yeah. a. It's a party. It's a party. It's America a big has party. a big drinking culture, and that's a perfect excuse to get drunk and, yeah. eat, and eat food. <laughs> exactly, but uh, Mahomes, Garoppolo, of course, will be. We'll be here next week. Not next week, but the following week. The week. No, would it be? So this week, no. It actually will be the third of February. Oh, your the birthday! Next, the next show. Do you want to do a show on your birthday, or do you want to like ready with that, uh, like Thursday before or Thursday after? Um, because I'm off the Thursday before and after. Well, we're we're talking programming or, right here Thursday on before. Andy and Money right now here on the Anchor Network. So, um, if you don't want to do it the third, third we can do it. Shit, boy. it would be uh, the thirtieth. Okay. If you want to do that instead, because I'm so off you're work, are you, So you're working for su- the Super Bowl then? Yeah, I get okay. I got screwed this year. Okay, so let's do we'll, we'll do another podcast on the thirtieth, so we can get our prediction for the Super Bowl because we'll be fully into Super Bowl week that week. So mark that for your calendars, folks. The thirtieth of 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 January, Thursday, Andy, which is a Thursday, a special edition of Andy and Money, as we will get you set. So no show on the third. No show on the third. And then but the reconvene 30th. the seventeenth. So we'll re- reconvene on the seventeenth of February to recap, recap the Super Bowl and also to you know, discuss a little bit more about it. And yeah. then we'll be we'll be a week into spring training starting. Yeah. Spring training starting up, so we'll get to see what happens. But I think this is a Super Bowl that's going to be very very interesting because it's it's a, it's a new development, new team. Two teams that we have not seen. Yeah, Niners. It's been what five, five six years, years or and that? and it's been fifty years, years for the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So I think well, it, yeah, it's been fifty years for the Chiefs since they won one. They were the first. They were on Super Bowl one against Green Bay. Yeah, wouldn't it be? But like I said, I'm glad it's not Green Bay. I'm just glad it's not. It, it, it is worth drinking about, and we're celebrating that Aaron Rodgers does not have to play 
another game. And we got the Pro Bowl that's this upcoming weekend, but you know that's just that's just a joke. I rather watch the NHL All Star Game, which I'm looking forward to Friday and Saturday, than the Pro Bowl that's Sunday night. Yeah, I think last night everyone, uh, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, Minnesota, were rooting pretty hard for the Niners last night. And I was, and I was too. I was rooting for the Niners, and they just beat the crap out of Green Bay. And thank God that we don't have to see any, don't have to see the State Farm Bowl between Patrick Mahomes, and and I wonder how much State Farm put into that. Oh, probably a lot. They were probably hoping. Banking, they were probably banking it was going to be that, but and then. But then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in like I'm the I'm the backup to Tom Brady so cue and you don't, you don't have to hear go pack go you don't have to see stupid cheese hats yes I don't have to see him going Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback Back ever. ever none of that shit for months I can't oh, I'm so happy God the only thing you'll have to hear is Oh, and that doesn't even bother me. People, people don't like the chop. But I think it's. Fine. I, I, I think the chop is fine. So, well, so the thirtieth of January, a special edition of Andy and Money will be coming to you live yeah. from Miami yeah. as we get you set for the Super Bowl Fifty Four for between the pat between the non-packer team, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs right so, here. So who are you rooting for? <sighs> who am I rooting for or who am I predicting? Who you, we'll do predictions there, but who are you rooting for? I like to I like to see Garoppolo get have the have the season that they've had, the 49ers had. I'd like to see them fulfill it and go all the way, but you know, there is something in me that says something's gonna, and I think something's gonna happen to Kansas City because, remember, Patrick Mahomes is the cover boy for Madden Twenty. Oh, you believe in the curse? How can he have gone this whole season, have that injury, then comes back, and then he's going to the Super Bowl? Something right in that time frame is gonna happen, unfortunately. But I, I, I don't like to wish ill will on somebody, but. If you're believing in the curse like I do, something's a brewing. Something is brewing. Something is definitely a brewing. As you're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. And uh, we'll briefly, we'll briefly hit the ice here for a second because there is, there is something going on in the capital city that I want to talk about. What? That's who I was rooting for. Oh, Nick, I apologize. Who are you rooting for for the Super Bowl? I'm rooting for the Niners because my boy, my first ever favorite Chicago Bear player. Robbie Solid Robbie Gold is the kicker for the Niners. and uh, He came up strong last night. Yeah. And uh, I usually root for the NFC anyway, unless it's Green Bay. So... I want Gold to get his... Uh, other than Jay Cutler, nobody deserves a ring more than, in my opinion, Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold deserves it. Robbie Solid Robbie Gold. Robbie Solid Gold, yes. He, deserve, he deserves it. Absolutely. Absolutely deserves it. So let's hit the ice yes. and let's talk about a team in the capital city that's doing some big things right now, especially in between the pipes. So hitting the capital city, hitting the ice for you guys right now, we're going to talk a little NHL hockey, of course. Before we get into the 
the certain team out of the certain capital city that wears the Union blue coats, and that is the Jackets. Dodd Jackets! We're going to talk a little bit about a certain team on in a certain city that is windy and is ca- carrying the black that is of Hawk, that is the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, for Nick's sake, I will talk a little bit about the Hawks' sake. He doesn't really talk that much about the Hawks. Much, but I got a chance to watch the Hawks on Saturday night play uh, Toronto. And Jonathan Taves, you know, this guy is it's pretty solid. He is really, really solid. Ten seconds into the period, he goes in, steals the puck, puck beats Frederick Anderson in an original six matchup with Toronto, and it's one nothing. ten seconds into the first period. And, and, and they just beat up Toronto. They 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 didn't just beat him up. They just they vic- beat up and they victimized Toronto in this game, beating them 6 to 2 at Air Canada Center on hockey night in Canada. Bear in mind you. Yeah, you know, for a while Taves had a couple of down years there a few years back and we all thought oh, he aged sooner than we thought he would, but his last couple of years he's rebounded nicely. So I don't know if he just had something going on or but yeah, Taves and Kane are still going strong. You have Taves getting his 13th, Saad his 12th. Uh, no, Taves actually getting two in the game, his 13th and 14th, Saad his 12th. You have Kubnik getting two in the game, his 19th and 20th of the season. And then for the Leafs, it was it was uh, William Nylander and uh, Aaron Kafoot getting his 8th of the season. But then after that, but like I said, it was all Hawks the entire way. They led in the shot department, thirty-four to thirty-three. The Leafs led in the face-off department, sixty-one percent to forty percent to thirty-nine percent. The Leafs were in the they they dominated the game, but they didn't dominate where it was important, the scoreboard. So the Leafs losing to the to the Hawks. However, they will have they played Winnipeg last night. They won against Winnipeg at home, five to two, which helps them into the wild card race in the western in the Western Conference. They play again this on the tomorrow night against Sergei Bobrovsky and the the former goaltender for the Blue Jackets and the Florida Panthers at home before we hit the All Star break and the five day mandatory break and we'll get to, I uh, that's my after hours here in just a second about the mandatory break here in just a second so they'll play Florida then after that they are on the road at Arizona at Minnesota at home. On the fifth of February for Wednesday night rivalry between the Boston Bruins and the and the and the Chicago Blackhawks, and then the Western Canadian trip begins for them. One, they play two games back to back ends against Winnipeg on the ninth and the sixteenth. They are in Edmonton, they're in Vancouver, and they're at Calgary before they return back home on the nineteenth of February to play the Rangers. So, looking at it long term wise. The five after the five after tomorrow night's game for the Hawks, you know they have some winnable games. Arizona's not a pushover anymore. Minnesota's a pushover. Boston definitely not a pushover this season. And then you got the Western Canadian road trip. It'll be interesting to see how the Hawks do. It will really be. They're so hot and cold all year. They'll go on stretches where they'll win five, six, or six, seven out of ten, and then they'll lose. You know. Six, seven, out of ten. Yeah, so they're I mean, so, but they're up and down all yeah, season. They've been up and it's down all season. Hard to tell which Hawks the true Hawks. I will say. They've been playing a lot better with Seabrook out. Yeah. So I, I think we may have found issue number one. Issue number one? And the, but it's no secret that he was not worth the contract and aged 
poorly and not mm-hmm. doing very well, but he really drove the team down apparently. And talking about another team that's been on a hot and cold, that has not been on a hot and cold streak, and that is the Jackets in Columbus, in the Eastern Conference. The Jackets have won eight, uh, have won eight of their last ten games, and beating some variable good opponents. Last time we talked, Nick, we they were getting ready for their Western 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 California trip. They take three out of four out of the Western Western California trip. Beating the Kings four to two, beating the Ducks the next night four to three. They go into the tank that the ninth of January and lose to San Jose three to one. They go to Vegas, and this kid, Elvis Merlinkus. Merlinkus, this kid is fantastic. Latvian goaltender. This is his first year in the league. First year as a backup too for the Jackets. He gets his first career shutout in Vegas. Beats the Knights three to nothing. This kid is, this kid is absolutely fantastic. I really like I like his play. And then two nights later, they shut out the Boston Bruins three to nothing. Gets his second career first at home shutout of the season, and he's been he's been winning games for them. He won on he won on the on January second against Boston. He's won against L.A and Anaheim and Vegas. He's on a hot streak. Beat Carolina on the 16th, 3-2. This past Saturday gets another shutout. He's got three shutouts in the last week, beating the Devils 5-0. And then last night, Merlinkus doesn't play. They go to New York, okay? Mm-hmm. Big game for them because the Rangers are on their heels for a, Western, for, for a wild card spot. They go into the game. They get Oliver Bjorkstrand back. This kid comes back, and it's been interesting because every time a jacket gets down and injured, they come back after they come back, and they score goals. Bjorkstrand comes back last night, scores two goals, the eventual game winner, beating the Rangers 2-1. to one. But the, the big story out of this was the backup to Merlinkus, which is Matthias Kavlinix. Who is a lot? Both goaltenders are Latvian, by the way. Kid has played in the ECHL. He played with Kalamazoo all season. Gets called. Gets called up for a con, for his contract to Cleveland, and then he gets the when Corpusalo goes down with the injury, he gets the call up because Merlinkus goes into the net. He gets his start against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden, and he stood on his head. And I am just absolutely. Proud to be a jacket fan because of how good this def- how good the goaltending was. I mean, Nick, Nick, he stopped thirty one to thirty two against Panarin, Sabanajad, oh, Stahl, all the all the what the Rangers had to offer. Stahl still playing? Yeah, Mark Stahl, Mark Stahl. Oh, I'm thinking. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking Eric Stahl. Okay. Eric plays still plays for Carolina. But the Saul brothers are there, and, and Kavlinkas, 31 of 32. His save percentage of a point, 9-6-9. The Jackets have something going with the goaltending situation, and they're getting, I think they're getting healthy at the right time, but unfortunately, a five-day mandatory break is coming up. Yeah, Again, and the All-Star break as well. Yeah. We'll get And we'll get to the All-Star break here in just a second. They have Winnipeg this upcoming Wednesday. 
it's a late start for me, 7.30. Usually it's a 7 o'clock start, but because it's on Canadian television, it's a 7.30 puck drop. That's to, it. Back to Winnipeg. Back to Winnipeg. Back to Winnipeg you go. But then it is, like I said, the All-Star Weekend. Looking forward to All-Star Weekend this upcoming weekend. Um, they they have the, the overall three stars of the week, of course. Ovechkin's the number one star. Merlinkus was the number two star. Yes. And the number three star, Jonathan Taves. There you go. Taves getting the number three star for that. Uh, they The NHL also announced today that they had the event of the decade. Oh. And they had the team. By the way, you were right. The team of the decade, according to the NHL and the NHL writers, were the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, yeah. Most championships, probably the most wins, too, baby. Yep. And the, the event of the decade... The 2014 Winter Classic that took place at Michigan Stadium between the Leafs and the Red Wings, which were 112,000 people stood in attendance in the snow. That was a good game, though. And the Leafs won. They beat the Red Wings. The one at Soldier Field. That was a stadium series game. The one at Notre Dame. That's a a Winter Classic That was much better. Okay. So, So, of course, like I mentioned before, the rosters are set for the NHL All-Star game, of course. We'll go th- we're going to go through them really quickly, okay. really quickly for you. And um here it is for the Atlantic Division. The captain of the Atlantic Division team is David Pasternak for the Boston Bruins, who is the guy from the who does the all the Dunkin Donuts commercials. So you have Tyler Bertuzzi for the Red Wings, Anthony Duclair from the Ottawa Senators, Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres. Jonathan Huberdeau from the Florida Panthers, Mitch Martyr, and Austin Matthews from the Leafs, Victor Hedman from Tampa Bay, Shea Weber from the from the Montreal Canadiens, Frederick Anderson from Toronto, Andres Vangeleski from Tampa Bay is the third is is with uh in the Atlantic Division. Tuka Rask was offered to play, but he has chosen not to play in the All Star game. Metropolitan Division looks like this. The captain of the Metropolitan Division, which I think is absolutely... Why the hell did they pick him? Chris Letang from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, this is a bias. That's just a bias. What, for me? Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, why Letang? When you, have, when you have Crosby on that team. Oh, you think it should be Crosby? Yeah. Okay. For the Metropolitan Division. Or, so here it is. Excuse me, uh, Crosby actually didn't get picked. Because he because of the injury, remember he was out for that long period of time, oh. so he had to have a requirement. So he did not. So they pressed Chris Letang. Still, Matthew Burzell from the Islanders. Uh Nico Hirschmal from the New Jersey Devils. Travis Kovaleski from the Philadelphia Flyers. T.J. Oshie, Captain America, that could have been the captain. Yeah. Uh, Artemi Panera from the from the Rangers. Jonathan Carlson from the Washington Capitals. Jacob Sylvia from the Carolina Hurricanes, Seth Jones from the Columbus Blue Jackets, Braden Hopi from the Washington Capitals, and Tristan Perry from the Pittsburgh Penguins. The following guys got picked to go in but have decided not to play. Jake Gensel, Kyle Parmeri, Dougie Hamilton, and Jonas Corpusalo from the Jackets, but the Jackets, but he's injured. And Corpusalo, because of the injury, he was replaced by Tristan Perry. And Alex Ovechkin, who was named the captain of the team, has chosen not to play for the All-Star game. All I heard on that was no Red Wings. 
The Red Wings are all in the Atlantic Division. Oh. And it was Tyler Bertuzzi was their only representative. Damn. For your Central Division, it is this. The captain of the team, Nathan McKinnon from the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh, Patrick Kane. Ryan O'Reilly from the Blues. David Perron from the Blues. Mark Shifley from the Jets. Tyler Sagan from the Stars. Eric Stahl from the Minnesota Minnesota Wild. Roman Yossi from the Nashville Predators. Alex Progangelo from the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Binnington from the St. Louis Blues. And Kyle ha- Connor Hullabuck from the Winnipeg Jets. No Taves! Yeah. How and is no, Kane not no, the captain? I don't know. That's, That's stupid. It's his ninth All-Star Game appearance. Pacific Division. Connor McDavid is his fourth appearance. He's the captain of the Pacific Division. Leon Dreisaitl, Thomas from the Edmonton as well, Thomas Schroll from the Sharks, Kopitar from the Kings, Max oh, yeah. Pacioretty from the from the Golden Knights, Penderson from from Vancouver, uh, Matthew Kachuk from the Calgary Flames, Mark Giordano from the Flames, uh, Quentin Hughes, who I think is, uh, I'm glad that he got in because he is the rookie. He has never been to an All Star game. This is his first. Uh, Jacob Markison from Vancouver and David Ricci from Calgary are the goaltenders. Uh, Couture, Stanford, and uh, and Solberg, as well as Mark Andre Fleury, have chosen not to play in the All Star game. Competition is Friday night. The game is Saturday, three on three tournament style. I like I like the format and everything like that. I can't wait to see the what they're gonna do for the all the All Star week. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it's all going to shape up because there's a lot of events going on with it. Um, the big one to me is that they're going to have uh, the women play in the three-on-three uh, three in between between the uh, skills competition. It'll be Team oh, USA really? versus Team Canada in the three on, for a three-on-three three tournament. I think it's a cool thing to incorporate well, that what's with the, this nhl's thing with three on threes that's the, that's their thing that overtime is three on three when yeah, it comes to dumb. them yeah it's dumb too it is well no in all aspects it isn't because that's what makes the game very very interesting i think everybody likes it wrong well, i'm telling you it's it's an interesting thing such a nasty man <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the uh, how I wonder how the ratings are going to do for this. It really isn't that you know it's not one of the things, but it falls in a perfect time frame between the between the the conference championship and the Super Bowl. Not many people watch the Pro Bowl. I think I think the NHL did it right and hit it at the right time for this All Star game. I agree. I think so too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Of course, the uh, standings look like this going into the night's play. The Atlantic Division looked like this. The Boston Bruins are the best team in the NHL right now at a solid 28-10-12 record with 68 points. Tampa Bay is in second place in the Atlantic Division at 29-15-4 with 62 points. The Florida Panthers are 26-16-5 with 57 points. Metropolitan Division looks like this. Actually, the best team, my apologies. Oh, the best team with the loss re- best loss record is Boston, but the best team overall is the Washington Capitals at 33-11-5 with 71 points. Pittsburgh right there, right 30 there. Pittsburgh 31-13-5 with 67 points. 
And the Doug Hefferman New York Islanders are 28-15-5 and five with 61 points. Yep. Wild card race looks like this. You're going to love this. The first wild card position is held by the Columbus Blue Jackets at 26-16-8 with 60 points. The Carolina Hurricanes holding the second spot at 28-18-3 with 59 points. Outside looking in, the Flyers 26-17-6, 58 points as well. The Leafs are 25-17-7 with 57 points. Buffalo 20-27-7 with 51 points. The Islanders, the, not the Islanders, but the Canadians are 20-21-7 20, with 51 points as well. Rangers 23-20-4 with 50 points. Ottawa 17-23-8 with 42 points. The Devils are 17-24-7 with 41 points, and the Detroit Red Wings, dead last in the league, dead last in the Eastern Conference, at 12, 34, and 4, 28 points this season. I love it. I love seeing that, too, as a as a Dead Wing fan. I love seeing the Dead Wings being dead. They are dead. They need a full rebuild, in my opinion. From start to finish. Western Conference looks like this. For Nick's sake, we'll go through it. St. Louis is 30-11-8 with 68 points in tops in the Central Division. Colorado 28-15-6 with 62 points. Dallas 27-17-4 with 58 points. The Pacific sees Vancouver. 20, all three Canadian, Western Canadian teams are leading the Pacific Division. Vancouver 28-17-4 with 58 points. Edmonton 26-18-5 with 57 points. Same with, Cal- with Calgary at 26-19-5 with 57 points. Vegas first wildcard position 25-19-7 with 57 points. Arizona 26-20-5 with 57 points. Winnipeg who the Jackets will play on Wednesday is 25 and who the Hawks just beat on Sunday. Are 25, 20, and 4 with 54 points. Those same Hawks are 25, 24, 20, and 6 with 54 points as well. Nashville, the Hicks with 6 are 22, 18, and 7 with 51 points. The Wild are 20, 20, and 6 with 50 points. And all three California teams are in dead last in the bottom for the Aww. Western Conference. San Jose, 21, 25, and 4 with 46 points. Anaheim, 19, 24, and 5 with 43 points. And the LA Kings are 18, 27, and 5 with 41 points. Los Angeles is in last place in the West? Yes. Aww. So that tells you something right there, Nick. My, my backup team. His backup team is in dead last, so I think you might want to put in all your chips into the Hawks this year, unfortunately. My, if main, you want to my get main team. Your yeah. main team. You might have to put your main team in front instead of, the, instead of your uh, how you would always have. The backup team would always do well, and the main team would be like. So so yeah usually the, yeah usually the Kings were good the Hawks were kind of bad last yeah. couple of years so oh, now it's the Hawks are getting swapped, better the yeah. Hawks are getting better and the Kings are getting bad so yeah. we'll see what happens with that as you are listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network whether it be on iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts Pocket Cast however you're listening wherever and whenever you're listening thank you for tuning in and now discuss a little food review excuse me a minute uh, I think Nick can describe what I'm doing right now. He's putting on his uh, his uh, Krispy Kreme hat. Yes, it is a Krispy Kreme hat, folks. It's time for a little food review right here on Andy and Money, of course. Nick, by the way, I have seen that you have posted a blog on Tumblr. And if you want to go over about your food your food blog, is that what I've been oh, seeing? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, shit, what's it called? Nick's Flavor, but Flavor spelled the British way, so with the U, F-L-A. B-O-U-R. The man of many traits, ladies and gentlemen. I do it all. 
He does it all. He does video games. He does sports commentary. And he also cooks as well. He is Mr. Chef Nick Boyardee Devera over here doing his doing his all best. What were you making that, you know... Oh, uh, well, actually, I haven't really updated that, that blog in, like, two years. Really? Uh, yeah. If you look at the post dates, they're all from, like, oh. two, three well, years Well, I saw, ago. like, a fresh, I saw a fresh take, a fresh post. Yeah, on the newest know. one, that was the rabbit I cooked, uh, New Year's Day. Rabbit, Pampardelli, or what's called. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. It was actually. pretty good? Yeah. Bra- so, I braised it. You braised it a little bit? Yeah, braised Italian rabbit. See, you get more than just sports here on Andy and Money. You get food review, and you also get video game talk, and you get so much more with with Nick, the money man, DeVero. But, of course, Nick did make mention of it. I am wearing a Krispy Kreme hat. Got a chance to finally step foot into the Krispy Kreme. Five days after opening day. The overwhelming success of this place is absolutely mind-boggling. Nick has drove by it many of times, well, at least one time, and he just said he, he sent it to me. He's like, it's like, what the hell? What, what was the words you said? I said Jesus Christ or something like that. They were lined up on the Secor Road to get into the Krispy Kreme donut, but I got a chance Saturday night. Was out with um with the fiance and we got a chance to go over to the Krispy Kreme parked strategically right in the right spot and uh I walked in and it was just like sensory overload. When you first walk into the place you see it's all bright colors. It's like the traditional Krispy Kreme, you know, that smell that you first walk in of the of, of, of sugar and dough and everything like that. And then you have the visual aspect of the of them making the donuts see the donut scheme moved into the, into the proofing box and then coming out of that proofing box and into the fresh fryer and starting to fry and then watching them flip the donuts over and then taking them out of that career about and seeing what the imperfect if there's any imperfections and then going over the glazed waterfall that is just absolutely gorgeous to see and into into Nick's words, it hurts his teeth when he sees when he see when he saw all that glaze Maybe coming out of the donut yeah. but there is nothing better than a fresh, hot, Krispy Kreme donut when it comes first off the off the off the conveyor belt, and it was, it was heaven. I bought I bought thirty donuts, Nick. I bought thirty donuts. I had I had a coupon. I I downloaded their app, which is the best app to get. It is a Krispy Kreme rewards app, and you get the when you when you sign up, you get a coupon. You buy a dozen, you get a dozen free. Oh, okay. So I got a full yeah. do- I got I got twenty four do- donuts, and then I bought and then I bought six additional because you know I thought you know thirty donuts. It sound I I knew I wasn't gonna be. I don't I didn't think twenty four was gonna. I felt I sound like John Madden. Oh, I didn't think twenty four would be. Would that be great? That great? But it, you know, it was fantastic. They are they are worth if you have ever ever get a chance to get a Krispy Kreme it is totally worth it now they have other variety of donut in there too they have they have jelly they have like a cake batter flavor they've gotten chocolate they have chocolate they have like a traditional sprinkle with a pink frosting and they will have a lemon frosted one with sprinkles on it as well too but for a dozen of just the original the traditional original glaze runs you about nine dollars and sixty cents which is approximately about seventy cents a donut yeah. breaks about there. If you want the, the, the non-traditional glaze like the sprinkled and everything like that, a full dozen runs you about eleven bucks, which is about 
what the normal price of a donut would usually cost you. But like I said, you download their app, you get the you get the buy one get one for free, and it, it is just totally totally worth it. Now they have you can get an, you can get uh coffee, you can get espresso, you can get like that. You they also make get this, it makes ice cream sandwiches with the two donuts. Oh no shit! They put like and then you can have it toasted with like cereal around the side of it. Like they had, oh. they have like fruity pebbles and Captain Crunch, and they have a they have a special ice cream sandwich donut that they custom made for the Toledo market. And um, yeah, I haven't had that yet. I just went in and got the donuts. But there's nothing better when you see that orange light that comes on. And it says hot now on the side of it. That means that the donuts are fresh. And I did notice something when I was there. They didn't. Just ha- they had all the donuts being made and everything like that, but some of the donuts that didn't make it all the way through, they go to the back and they put them into these black trays. And I asked the lady behind there, I I forget her name off the top of my head, but what do you do with the the donuts in the back trays? Well, they make the donuts and then they package them and then they ship them off to like Speedways and to different like convenience stores and oh. stuff like that that sells those. So now they have a market that they can they can transfer the donuts out yeah. into a bigger market. And I think that's a that's 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 a win win for everybody when it comes to just for the company wise as well as for the consumer wise, because then if you can't get a chance to go to the Seacore Road one, you could go to Speedway. Let's say if it if it is in, in Northwood, which is your go to one, yeah. and they have the Krispy Kreme there, you're eating the donut that is made on Seacore Road. Now at the Krispy Kreme, do they have like uh, like egg and sausage biscuit sandwiches? No, the, no? it's all donut. Just it is donut? all it's all donut. And we okay. we were talking a little bit off camera here, folks. We're both Polish. Uh, uh, Fat Tuesday will be coming around the corner, and we were talking about how it, if if with them being a, a thing out of North Carolina, that's where the company's based out of. Would they make a punchki? A punchki, Krispy Kreme. And the question for me is, I said, I think they would, but in all reality, I still would invest my money into a local establishment, like a Haas's bakery or going to the Polish village to get it or going to, or going to a local place that makes the Pushki for the local area instead of going to a national brand that will, that will just basically tailor make it for that certain day. And by the way, to those people that eat the punchki from Meyer that say that that's punchki, you need to shut the hell up. That is not a punchki. That is a jelly donut that is just a carbon fake copy of 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 a punchki. It does not. It is not yellow in the middle. It does not have more egg in it. It is clearly, clearly yeah. a jelly donut yeah. with something filled with something filled on the inside that they make you take a punchki and by the way to the executives at myers that listen to this podcast if you do listen to this podcast do not put granulated sugar on a fucking jelly donut if you do it i swear to god and call it a punchki i swear to god i will come in there and i will just be, i will just be t- throwing the stuff on the floor like, this is not what it is yeah it's just powdered sugar you're supposed to use powdered sugar or it has to be you know plain yeah plain yeah. Not with granulated sugar on top of it. But yeah, it is just totally worth going to the Krispy Kreme. Maybe, maybe when it slows down someday, we'll, maybe we'll do a, a live stream 
But oh. you and I going in there. Oh, okay. We can walk in there and be like, you'll be like, because he, because off camera, Nick was telling me about the Krispy Kreme in his experience. He was in Boy Scouts or was it Cub Scouts? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Boy I, Scouts I think, or Cub, I think it was Cub Scouts. Cub Scouts, and he got a chance to go in when it first came to Toledo, and he remembers how it was hot and fresh. The donuts were hot and yeah. fresh, so he hasn't he hasn't never experienced the new craze that is hitting the Toledo market, which is the Krispy Kreme donut, and it is. Um, it's something worth getting. It is really something. If you have one in your market where you're ever listening to us, pick one up. Pick it up, and especially pick it up if it, if you have the store, pick it up when it's hot and fresh. It's plain and simple. All Andy Alford approved. That's all Andy Alford approved is. You're listening to Andy Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now it is time for... A special treat. It is time for After Hours. After Hours. It's time for After Hours right now. And um, first and foremost, before we begin, both of us begin, we want to thank you for tuning into our podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button for the All Andy Alford Network, then what are you doing? Hit the podcast. We do podcasts every two weeks, excluding... The 30th of January, as we'll be, quote-unquote, live from Miami in Radio Row for for Super Bowl 54 as the 49ers play, play the Kansas City Chiefs. And by the way, to that note, I think Kansas City's the home team in that game. Oh, are they? Because it's being played in Miami, so an AFC team... Is hosting. Oh, I don't think that's how it works, is it? Either that or it's the best record. I think it is. I thought they flipped a coin. I thought it. Either, I thought it was the host city, wherever the host city's at, because because the the Seahawks in two thousand five were playing the Steelers, and the Steelers were the road team, and the Seahawks were the home team in oh five, because uh, they were playing at Ford Field, where the Lions play at. Let me look it up really quick as yeah, we're doing this. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's either best. I thought it was either best record or. Or or it's just the ho- the host city. Yeah, Kansas City is the home team. Twelve and four. Twelve and four is the home team versus a thirteen and three San Francisco team. So they're gonna wear the reds probably. Yeah, they'll wear the reds and San Francisco will wear the whites in the game. Which will be understandable because you can't have both teams wear red. Oh, I think that'd be some good chaos if both teams wore red. Yeah, it would be, it would be major chaos. And guess what? It's on Fox, so guess who's going to be calling the game? You know what? Unpopular opinion. I like Joe Buck, and I like... Uh, Troy Aikman? Yeah. The one who, and I like uh, Nats and Romo. You know who I really can't stand? Al Michael. Al Michaels. I wish he would just shut up. What about Chris Collinsworth? Oh, fuck him too. <laughs> I like this is a this is breaking you. I don't like Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. I think they they just they just butt heads so much together on on the on on the play by play. I love Nance and Romo, and I really like Al, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth because it's just a nice blend. Especially Sunday night when Chris Collinsworth just slides nice. in right in there. I will say this about Al Michaels. 
I did enjoy him a bit more when he had uh, John Madden with him. Yeah, that was that Those was last couple Madden years. Yeah. Well, at least we can both agree that you know that 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 ESPN just doesn't know how to pick oh, their broadcasters when it comes yeah. to Monday Night Football. Now, I think Tariko and Gruden were the best two that yeah. they had, and then after that, when Gruden left. Well, or when Tariko left, they had Sean McDonald, and that McDonough, was that was, was good. That was good. Sean and uh, Gruden, Gruden were pretty good. I like that. I like that. But then now, after Gruden left, it's just it's Booger McFarlane and Joe Chesatori. Yeah, name? and who who's the other guy? Uh, Jason Jason Witten, wasn't it? It was, but he went back to playing play football. Cowboys. Yeah, because so, so he, he wouldn't take any more of what's what's happening in the, so, the booth. So Booger went from the boogie mobile to just being the. Color guy. color guy now. Yeah. So they need uh, to scrap those two. They need to scrap them, and they need to figure it out. And by the way, Romo's contract with uh, with CBS is finishing up. Yeah. So he'll be a quote unquote free agent. Yeah, and ESPN ESPN wants yeah. ESPN wants to pay him big bucks, but then the sad thing is that you have to take with with Romo. You have to take Nance with you because those two are like combined. Yeah. But I don't think ESPN. I don't think. CBS wants to part ways with Jim Nance because Jim Nance does all the sports. He does golf. He does golf. He does college basketball. Oh, does he? He does the college basketball national. He does all the, the uh, NCAA basketball tournament games with uh, Clark Kellogg. I wonder if Jim Nance ever called a an MLB game before. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, maybe that's something we should look up. Yeah, you know, I remember on a. Uh... For a while, a couple of, like about a decade ago, CBC had Blue Jays games. Yes, and Jim Houston was calling the games. games. Yeah, I, he, those are he, he's surprised a good baseball guy for a hockey man. I'll tell you who's a really surprising baseball guy: Ernie Johnson from Ew, T from TNT. No. I think he's pretty good. His voice is annoying. To left field, this one is high and it is gone. Ugh. A three-run bomb for Carnacion. I think uh, on the TBS playoff games, I think Brian Anderson does a better job. Yeah. You think he does? It's a splashdown! Freddie Freeman! <laughs> yeah. Well, we can all agree that Vascursions is pretty good. Santa Maria! <laughs> and this ball is high. Did he get enough? Santa Maria! Yeah, that he he's pretty good. I just don't like it when when Cox and Smoltz are doing the broadcast for baseball. That's oh, like you don't like Smoltz. I, I I don't like Cox doing the uh, Bob Costas doing the game. Oh fuck Bob Costas. He's yeah. I mean he it's for me he reminds I don't know it's been a while since you did this in 1994 the whole situation between Baltimore and New York with the whole home run situation. When the kid gets the home run ball and steals it away from from the Baltimore outfielder, I forget his name off the hand, but I just remember watching that game live to let in left field, Carrasco underneath it, and what happens here? He contests on a fan that's grabbed over it. Richie Garcia, the umpire, says no, it's a home run. And the next thing you know, you see the high replay. It's like Richie Garcia. He's right. He is not a home run. The kid has gone over the field. Blatantly obvious. Come on, yeah. Bob. Don't Blatantly like Bob. obvious. Don't like Bob Costas. Don't like it uh, at all. I used to hate when Harold Reynolds was up with Joe Buck for a while. Yeah. When he was the main guy at Tim McCarver retired. He's a mm-hmm. fucking idiot. <laughs> Jim Tim McCarver? When Tim McCarver retired, uh, no, um... Harold Reynolds was the, yep. the the lead color analyst for baseball with Joe Buck. Okay. Terrible. Terrible. Another unpopular opinion. 
I like Tom Brenneman. Tom Brenneman's a, a lot nice guy. Don't like Tom. I, like I Tom. love Tom Brenneman. I like him when he's with the red with the Reds, and yeah. I like him when he's doing NFL football yeah. games. With him and John John Lynch was at the at one point was 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 his color analyst guy, and they when they were together, and then when when uh, when Buck's doing the World Series games, he fills in with Troy Aikman, and yeah. those two go go good together. I really like that. I like uh, Brenneman's uh, home run. Otto hits it high and deep to left. Does he have enough? Did he get enough printed? Touchdown. Not touchdown. But he, was, he would say, uh, he'd go, touchdown. Yeah. Brennan's cool. Yeah, Brennan's good. Brennan's good. I, I, you know, the, I don't like the whole, I, going into broadcasters, because this is, I guess this will be our after hours bit All about right, broadcasters. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Because we, we don't, we both don't have full after hours opinions. But for me, Rick Manning, Oh, Matt Underwood. I thought, I thought Hawk Harrelson was a big homer. I did not realize how big of a homer Matt Underwood. Oh, he's Hawk Junior. He is Hawk Junior. They're both Hawk Juniors. Even Manning. Yeah. Oh, Manning seems like a straight edge. Sometimes he can be straight, but sometimes he's like, he could be. Oh, where's that call coming from? That was right there at the strike zone. Come on now. But, you know, going back to this, Mario and Rod. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's talk about that really briefly. Because it happened in the south side of Chicago when the demise began. Because yeah. they were in Chicago for the game. And they got into a fight in the in their hotel room. And Fox Sports Detroit and Fox Sports entirely dismissed both of them. And now you've got Matt Shepard... And a rotating Eric, uh, Kirk Gibson or Jack Morris. I'll tell you this. Jack Morris is... Don't even touch, bring him in the booth. Keep Gibby in the booth. Oh, no. Morris is just terrible. He just sits there. It's dead air in between the pitches. Yeah, but... Between the two of them, I feel like I'm actually sitting there watching the game and there's an old man behind me talking about it. Yeah, Gibson... Yeah, Gibson talks, but everything he says is stupid. Yes. He has that stupid monotone voice where he goes, Well, I guess uh, we're going to try and win today. And He's up at the plate and he's going to... And it takes a ball, and uh, he's going to try and hit it out. It's like, dude, shut up. Nobody like. I hate Kirk Gibson. Yeah, I mean, Gibson Gibson is okay for me. Sucks. <laughs> it, Nick says he sucks. But you, the analysts all together, you have Craig Monroe, uh, and then you have... Yeah, I like Craig. Craig, is, Craig, I think, should be in the play. Yes, right? Craig but, should be in there with Shep. Shep. That's 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 money right there. Sign me up for that. I would sign up for that, and I give Gibson the role with John Keating next to him because I mean, yeah, I mean that could that could be a perfect example. Morris, no, no, not even chance. Uh, the 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 guy that runs the play by play for uh, the Tigers, I forget uh, for the um oh the, radio? the real side, the oh, Jim Price. I like those two. I like those two Price together. And Dickerson. Price or Dickerson. I love those. They two. do a good job. I like the, the them, and I love my favorite broadcaster of all time, right now, baseball wise is is, is Tom Hamilton from the Indians because he can yes. make a game really very interesting, and he can make it very very good if you're if you're an Indian fan, and it, for Nick's sake, 
for a White Sox fan and for a Tiger fan like myself, hearing Tyler Hamilton's call against your team, it honestly puts you a little bit of charge of what happens when he says, says it really, really, really well. He says, long drive, deep left, way back, go. You know the thing about him and uh, Rosie, his uh, his color man. Yeah. Is for a while it seemed like every time I played a game on the radio. They never talked at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I always thought he was the same guy, just like changing his voice back and forth. A few years I was Hamilton does first, second, and third. Rosie does four, five, and six. And then and then they both do it together, seven, eight, and nine. All right. Cause, and then one day they were talking to each other. And I'm like, oh, okay. And getting to the Tigers radio guys, who's the color guy? That's that's not uh, it, that's Dan? Dan Dickerson, yeah. The pitcher, right? Yeah. He always talks. He's got food in his mouth. He's always, well, that's a big pitch right here. F- well, you're not as bad as Jim Weber from the Toledo Muttons oh, and Frank Alvarez. That right there they is... They ruined a- summer radio because I want to listen to Fox Sports Radio, 1230 and 1230, right? Yeah. And, and I want to hear uh, the odd couple or somebody I hear, oh, it's a pitch. Fly ball. Deep left. See you later. It's 2 nothing, Pluto. He sucks. The Hall of Famer, no. Jim Weber. That's no. What he's, he's, Who the hell let him in the Hall of Fame? He's the International League Baseball Hall of Fame broadcaster, Jim oh, Weber. The National League fucking sucks. <laughs> the International League. Well, you wouldn't say that if the night the Knights would win some win some I don't baseball even know games. Who the Knights broadcasters are? I know, and they're probably annoying too. I like. I like. I do like Matt Melzack doing hockey games with the walleye, but once once baseball season starts, once hockey season ends and he wants to go to the baseball baseball play by play, I mean Matt, I love you, I care about you, but dude once ba- once hockey season ends, spend time with the family. Relax. It, it, we don't need to have you in the booth with Weber. I, I I think the guy that should be with him is a guy that I know that I went to college with and he filled in with with Weber many times. His name is Brad Wozniki. He does a fantastic job on BCSN. He does a lot of stuff for ESPN Plus, but they need a new play by play guy for the Mud Hens. Yeah, and if it wasn't me They need a new play by play guy they, for sure. If it wasn't me, I would I would suggest it would be Wozniki to do it because he is fantastic and he is he is I think one of the best one of the best locally to do games because he does BCSN he does ESPN Plus he does he does a lot of BG stuff as well I mean he covers everything everything volleyball basketball hockey golf you name it he covers it and he does a fantastic job. When he and Weber were together in the booth, I mean, it was like, you know, it's like Weber just stood to the side and Wozniki took over the broadcast, and I loved every minute of it. Every minute of it. I I think I can speak for both of us when I say that Toledo sports have been cursed since we lost B-Chap Sports. Yes. B-Chap Sports. Yep, that was, you know, I still follow him a little bit. He does still a couple shows up in Detroit, yeah. in the Detroit market. But, you know, he was, he was a good guy. You know, I'll say this. 
Uh, 106.5 the ticket, when that got imploded, it just got imploded. And now you, all you have is Drive Time with Mike Miller. And you used to have the show, uh, the uh, the Extravaganza with uh with uh the guy Norm Waymer? Nor not Norm Waymer, but Norm Waymer was was let go. Yeah. And they would say why. They never said why. Uh I forget the other guy, but it was another guy he was based out of Cleveland and he did a show from his home in Cleveland about Toledo sports. Now answer me that. Why in God's name would Cumulus decide to do that? You know, I can understand iHeartRadio doing something like that because they have the Fox Sports radio people with with Colin Blowhard and and, and oh. Rich Eisen and the Odd Couple and, and 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 all that. But you know, I loved it when 1065 was the CBS Sports and I got to hear Scott Farrell. Oh. Jim Rome was on there for yeah, Jim Rome. The Rome was burning. You know who you're going to get really bad at me for this too. You know who I really fucking hate? Dan Patrick. He's so fucking dumb And annoying. with that... He's so annoying. Listen. He adds I, nothing. I like Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick is one of my idols. He thinks I, he's tough. He, thinks he he's is tough. good. He thinks he's he such He is good. Shit. He is the one of the best. And by what the is, way, suck it, front row. Anyway. What, what does he do that's so good? He, he gets to the story, and he breaks the story no matter what the situation is. He, ha- he is a... Knowledgeable sportscaster oh, that knows his he knows his sources he and knows as well, and he can provide one of the best interviews. He's going into the sportscasters Hall of Fame this upcoming May. I am so looking forward well, to seeing what? that. I'm glad he has dementia. Oh, that's terrible! Whatever You're a terrible person. Come on, Nick. He's got cancer. Let him. Let him. That wasn't come cancer. On. It was wasn't it like dementia or something? No, it's not dementia. It's he's actually got cancer. Something. He's going through chemotherapy over the situation over it. But Dan cancer. Patrick is is one of the one of the the sports people to go through. They I they break a lot of stuff and they are a trendsetter when it comes to everything. Think about it. Dan Patrick's show will have an interview with like I don't know. Let's say. Uh, 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 Kurt Warner or somebody like that. They and Dan has brought it up many, many times. A lot of people from ESPN and Fox Sports will carbon copy his show because they'll say he'll interview he'll interview Kurt Warner and talk about a certain topic. When the the next show or the another show with he'll have Kurt Warner on, they'll open with that same first question that he asked. So oh, he's a carbon copy. He's so full of shit. Oh, no, he's, he's not full of shit. Asshole. He's a good guy. I love Fritzy. I love McLovin. I love Seton. I love Pauly. I love I, and I love the man cave. It's a it's a it's a great it's a great thing. But Dan Patrick is the creme to the creme oh, God, no. sportscaster no. that everybody follows and follows the system. Wrong. I'm telling Wrong. you. Listen to a show I from do. start to I finish. From start to finish. You want to turn it off from start to finish. You turn it on and listen to it. I love Dan. Dan Levitar and I listen to Dan Oh, let's talk about Dan Levitar for a second here. They're much better than Dan fucking shitty ass Patrick. Look up online. I'll send you the link. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. It's Dan Pat Stu Dan Patrick 
and Dan Levitar went at it against each other on their own shows together. They did a thing because Stu Gatz has to open up his big fat mouth and say that he can that he can that he can run Dan Patrick and his weaky knees on on the on the basketball court where Dan can post up anytime anywhere I would put Dan Patrick on my on my starting five of broadcasters oh, on the basketball court than anybody else and he would be my my starting starting point guard right there hell no the kids from the guy is from, originally from Dayton Ohio the kid has some spunk and I love it I love listening to Dan Patrick's and show. And that's Stu God's playing. And that's Stugatz. You're listening to, and you have listened to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether Andy, it be on and I, Money, Andy and Money, and Money, Money, Andy and Money, right here on the Anchor Network. We will be back on the 30th of January. It is a Thursday, live from secluded from the beautiful city of Miami Beach, Florida. Can we stop by Marlins Ballpark? We could stop by Marlins Ballpark. We could do that. We can also st- we can go up to Sunrise and catch on the catch a few games of the uh of the Panthers as well or we can hey, we can even stop by and see what spring training looks like for some of the players cuz they'll be getting ready to come in as well. We can go to Sarasota and see the Orioles play. We could do that. And we can get a Cuban sandwich. Get ourselves a Cuban sandwich and maybe some Cuban senoritas. You never know at the same Ooh, time, too. But until yeah, until until we talk to you guys again on the thirtieth, you can follow us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred and Nick Vapre and I C K O F Y P R E S. And we'll talk to you guys on the thirtieth for our big Super Bowl preview show, as well as we'll we'll of course incorporate other things as well. But it'll be a, a NFL show as well too. Where's the lamb sauce, he says, right here. But, of course, until we talk to you guys again, we'll see you guys on... We'll talk to you guys again on the 30th of January. But until then, this is Andy Alford and Nick the Money Man DeVero signing off right here on the Anchor Network where you listen to us either on Apple, on Apple products, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listened, wherever you listened. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast tonight, of course, right here on... The Anchor Network. By the way, hey, Will Smith, you want to take us out a little bit? Hey, Will, wake up. Wake up. Okay, wake up. Because he's going to join. All right. I am in the place where I come let go. We're off to Miami, Nick. Let's go. Let's go. Like a Marty.